Hello, and welcome to my new podcast on Becoming Bulletproof. I'm your host, Lonnie Brewer. And in this first episode, I'm going to tell you a little bit more about this new podcast. So thank you for joining me. And I look forward to having many conversations on Becoming Bulletproof with you. I remember it like it was yesterday. It was the year 2000, and despite the doomsday threat, Y2K had not ended the world. More importantly, I had landed my dream job with the best company in this new and wonderful world for developing future leaders. I had just secured a spot in the prestigious global leadership program at GE. I competed with the best and brightest from top institutions all over the world for one of those few precious spots in the program. And now my efforts had been handsomely rewarded. My life was good and my future was bright. A few months later, I traveled to Connecticut to spend the week with a highly respected and charismatic SVP leader for my business. He was pleased to take me under his wing and share his insights with me. He also made it clear that he was going to be my mentor, my sponsor, my champion, my guide, all in one. He shared many lessons with me during that week, but the one I never forgot was the one that reminded me that I didn't belong. Specifically, one day he locked eyes with me and said, Lonnie, you know, rules are for poor people. Was he talking about me? I was suddenly reminded that I was that boy from East St. Louis who got lucky and really didn't belong here. Fortunately, through trial and error, I found the courage, the mindset, and the support network to successfully navigate this and other challenges that I faced. I became bulletproof, developing an extraordinary optimism and ability to bounce back from adversity. Over two decades later, I went on to hold numerous HR leadership roles at companies like Apple, Hewlett Packard, Verizon, and others, as well as completed my master's degree at Cornell University. Along the way, I've met so many bright, talented, hardworking people who tell similar stories, particularly people from marginalized communities. I truly believe that success leaves clues. Thus, I came up with the idea for this podcast as a way to share these powerful stories, success tools, and effective strategies for navigating life and work. I'm going to tell you about the podcast, but before I do that, let me share a little bit more about my story. First, I was born and raised in a city called East St. Louis, Illinois to a teenage mom who had me when she was 19 years old. My mom relocated to the Midwest from Tupelo, Mississippi when she was eight years old after she and her six brothers and sisters lost both of their parents at the age of 38 within weeks of one another. My mom recalled her mother, my grandmother, standing at the door saying, see you later, baby sister, 
as she left for the hospital to give birth to her youngest brother, Ricky. My mom vividly remembered thinking that she would never see her mother again. Now, I don't know if that was the normal anxiety of a youngest child being separated from their mother for the first time, or if there was something more that was happening. However, and tragically, her premonition was right. Her mother never returned from the hospital. During birth, there were complications, which meant that her mother and father were faced with an unimaginable decision. The decision boiled down to whether to risk the life of the baby or her mother. They chose the latter. Now, I would say, of course, I get it. It was 1958 and childbirth was a lot more dangerous than it is now. However, unfortunately, even now, black women die in or after childbirth at an alarming rate compared to other racial and ethnic groups. In fact, a recent study in California showed that even the richest black mothers were two times as likely to die after childbirth when compared to the poorest white mothers. I digress. So back to my mother. Her brother survived the birth but her mother died from complications as she hemorrhaged to death. The experience left a hole in my mother's heart that would last for the rest of her life. It also left one in mine that persists to this day. The kids were divided among two relatives, which took my mother through Chicago, ultimately to East St. Louis, where she was raised by her aunt, who apparently benefited financially from taking the kids into her home. By the time my mother was 16 years old, she had her first child, my older sister Mila. I arrived years later when my mom was 19. Fortunately, my mom never forgot the love and tenderness her mom showed her during those eight years as the baby sister of the family. My mom was tough and strict on us, but determined to teach us the right way to live our lives. Specifically, my mom was fastidious about us trying hard things and not dismissing those valuable lessons learned by dealing with the ups and downs as we grow and build our resiliency. The one thing that she never wanted to hear from us was the contraction can't. In fact, I was more afraid of saying can't than almost anything I could imagine. In retrospect, I think it would have crushed her spirit more than she could bear to have her kids give up so early in life. It would have meant that all the sacrifice that she made, all the suffering that she had undergone was in vain. Thus, I grew up knowing that I could never turn away from a challenge without giving it a reasonable try first. And it turns out, if you try a lot of things, you succeed at a lot of things. Then, the more you succeed, the more and harder things you try the next time. That became my North Star for life. I quickly understood that success leaves clues for me to follow. 
I also recognized that I didn't need to experience everything directly in my neighborhood. In my neighborhood, there were a lot of lessons you wanted to avoid experiencing directly. So the best way became to learn those things vicariously. In fact, I'm reminded of a quote from Eleanor Roosevelt, where she says, quote, learn from the mistakes of others. You can't live long enough to make them all yourself, end quote. As I grew older, I was determined to keep trying hard things and developing myself. Then, as I improved, I wanted to draw concentric circles outwardly, first around my immediate family, then my extended family, my community, and so on and so forth. I wanted to draw as big a circle as I could and make the biggest impact on people that I knew how. So let me tell you a little bit about the podcast and what it means to me to become bulletproof. For me, it's always meant leaning into my strengths, my talents, and my optimism to build extraordinary resilience as I respond to the experiences that life brings me. It's also meant practicing what I call hyper-responsibility and having a deep commitment to learning from these experiences. First, let's talk about hyper-responsibility. When I have something happen to me, I'm not quick to point the finger and to blame. Instead, I try to look at the situation objectively and ask myself, even if it's not my fault, what could I have done differently here? It's amazing what you find when you search hard enough. Even if you decide to own just 1% of the accountability of a bad outcome, you're 1% closer to having more control over your environment, your life, and another step away from being somebody's victim. The difference between a typical mindset and the concept of hyper-responsibility is that one leans into accountability and seeks clarity, which preserves your power and ability to better control the environment around you. The other doesn't, as it forces you to back away and hope others or an institution will step in and solve your problems. I'd like to believe after practicing this concept for years that I've built a nice thick neural pathway in my brain and become quite adept at seeing things for what they are and not making them about me when they're really about others. The latter reminds me of one of my favorite historical conversations, which took place between the great Ida B. Wells and Frederick Douglass. He asked her if she became nervous before giving public speeches. She quickly and confidently said, no. In disbelief, he asked again, insisting that she must feel a little nervous. After all, he had given over 10,000 speeches and said that he was nervous before each and every one of them. Ida B. Wells confidently and curiously looked at Frederick Douglass and simply replied, well, don't make your problem mine. If you spend even a little time with me, you will hear me say at some point, things don't happen to me, they happen for me. You will also hear me say, if for some reason I ever get knocked to the ground, 
I will be sure to look around to figure out if there's anything I need from that ground while I'm down there before quickly getting back up. So we talked about hyper responsibility. Now let's talk about the second ingredient in becoming bulletproof and how you can learn to see around corners through developing a deep commitment to learning from your experiences. Now, you know what resilience is, but have you ever heard of resilience? Resilience is the word resilience with the P at the beginning of it. I like to think of it as pre-resilience. The term was coined by Dr. Gabriel Schneider. He is an expert in human-based risk management and the psychology of risk. He described it as, quote, the attribute and process of successfully preventing where possible, preparing for, responding to, and recovering from adverse major challenges in life and work, while at the same time looking for opportunities to thrive and develop. He went on to say that unlike resilience, which focuses purely on the recovery and the ability to bounce back, Resilience focuses on building the mental fortitude to not only bounce back, but also to completely avoid risk, manage them effectively, and minimize those negative effects. The beauty of resilience is that it epitomizes the bouncing back better and leaving you better positioned to deal with similar experiences in the future. I'm sure that you've heard that hindsight is 2020 which is the idea that as we look back on something, we have perfect vision and understanding after the fact. One of the things that people learn to do more effectively as they become bulletproof is a technique known as perspective hindsight. This technique asks people to imagine an event has already occurred and answer the question, how could I have been better prepared for that eventual outcome? If resilience is the improvisation that we do as things happen in our lives, resilience is seeing ahead, seeing around corners, and planning for those things before they occur. Thus, resilience is the perfect companion to resilience. Together, they pack a nice one-two punch, helping us become bulletproof as we learn from those success clues, from those high-performing, and high-achieving leaders that have learned how to thrive in the most challenging yet rewarding environments. Thus, I invite you to join me to hear those candid, real-life stories of triumph in the face of exclusion and adversity. I invite you to join me for stories on becoming bulletproof.